The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of the podcast contributor and not that of Shine or Sea Change. Before we jump into this week's podcast, we would like to inform you that this podcast involves discussions of body image. If this is something you may find triggering, please take that into account before listening. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Sea Change Sessions with A Little Gale. My name is Abigail McDonald, and this podcast is all things about mental health and how we can break the stigma surrounding that and the difficulties that come with it. Um, today is another really, really exciting day. I say this about every single podcast episode that I have, but every guest has just been amazing so far. Um, but today we have the lovely Sarah Doyle from The Better Life Project. Um, she's a life coach for modern women. And I am so excited to have you today. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here, Abigail. So thank you for having me. No problem at all. Um, just to start uh, us off, for people who may not know you, can you mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself and how you've gotten to where you are right now? Oh my God, how long do we have? <laughs> um, so as you said, my name is Sarah. I'm a coach. My business is called The Better Life Project. And my job is to support people, identify their strengths, gain clarity around their professional or personal goals and improve their confidence and self-esteem at the same time. I have been coaching for close to 10 years and I've wow. been working full time with my business for just over six I originally, I guess, I always thought that my job would be in human rights or international development. So Mm -hmm. um, after school, I did what every other teenager did, traveled Australia for the year, got really drunk for a long time, did some (laughs) pretty amazing things, no regrets. But the one thing that did happen that completely, I guess, transformed me and no one ever believes me when I say this but I used to work for a marketing company that um, was responsible for all of those charity chuggers that we see on the side of the street asking you Mm -hmm. to uh, give up a little bit of your time to have a chat to let you know about a specific charity it could be charity that works in Southeast Asia or Africa Um, so I did that for about six six seven eight months and it just something about that work just completely opened my eyes to a world Mm -hmm. that I knew very little about. I had studied human rights when I was in college as part of um, a politics um, module that I did, um, failed it absolutely beautifully. Um, But the theory, the theory of human rights was something that I just didn't really vibe off. Yeah, Um, the practical side of it, doing this work was the first time that I had ever fully, um, I guess, appreciated um the practical side of this theory that I tried to learn anyway so that set me off on my human rights journey um I applied for a master's degree in Thailand I was accepted went off and did it came home during the beginning of the 2007-2008 recession couldn't find work eventually found work in Trinity College um started off really happily um but just couldn't Firstly, explain this desire that I started to experience to work with people in a very, very different way. Um, But then when I eventually could name it, I realized it was coaching, qualified Mm -hmm. as a coach, and the rest is history. I just couldn't ignore the pull of that unfulfilled ambition. And um, I'm just very glad that I took that jump back in 2014. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Wow, what a journey. Oh, my goodness. Like. (laughs) 
when you see people on Instagram, you're like, okay, they're like, they're like a life coach and this is what they are, but you never think of the journey yeah. that, that it took to get them there. Yeah, um, yeah. As I was always saying before we started recording there, I saw you speak at Shine, which was mm. um, the Shona Project event yeah, a couple of years yeah. ago. And for those who don't know the Shona Project, definitely check it out because they do amazing, amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh my goodness, when I saw you speak, it was just so inspiring and I've taken so much from from what you've said so just to to kind of like let people know what your talks are like especially that that kind of Shona talk I know a lot of it's based about kind of Mm self-love and self-care and being kind to yourself can you speak a little bit more to that yes so firstly I echo your sentiments the Shona project is amazing (laughs) and it is such a a a dream that I didn't know that I had to be a part of the Shona project to work with young girls because when I was 15 16 17 I struggled in in so many ways so it's it's a privilege to be part of that group um so the talk is just basically around the idea of self-love loving your body but helping people to understand that loving your body doesn't mean that you love the way that you that it looks because mm-hmm. if we just reduce our body to the way that it looks, we are diminishing so much of the magic that is our body, what it can do, how it serves us. I remember the very first time that I spoke for the Shona Project, I was 18 weeks pregnant. Um, so the idea of being able to talk about self-love, about body image whilst I was pregnant was just incredible. And um, because that is for me the true magic of our bodies not being pregnant but watching what our bodies can do so whether or not that's reading um whether or not that's listening to your favorite music uh going out running playing basketball um that for me is the true essence of of loving our bodies appreciating and respecting all of the things that our body empowers us to do and throughout my talks with the shono project that's what i try to get across when i was 15 all the way up to swear to god about 25 or 26 i thought that the sum of my worth was equal to how good my body looked Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly empowering to come to the realization over time that that was never true it will never be true my body is 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 so much more than that and that's that's what I try to communicate during my talks yeah no I loved it it was amazing and I like I think I've taken so much from from what you've said and and you were so kind of physical about about the way you did your talk you're like I thank my my thighs for bringing Mm. me up this hill and I thank my arms for letting me hold people and I've taken that into my kind of coping mechanism so much for being able to say that and I think it's a a really really lovely way to kind of think about it especially the the topic we have today which is goal setting and I know Mm. like in January goal setting is a huge thing for for many Mm. many people and as a life coach I would think this is a big thing for for a lot of people coming to you. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be a very, um, so I work with a whole range of mostly women. Um, I occasionally do work with the odd man as well. Um, <laughs> I have a penchant for the word fabulous and red shoes. And I think just more women than men identify with that. <laughs> um, so yes, a huge amount of the work that I do is around, is around goal setting and goal setting is also the means and the ends. Um, it is a, an incredible tool that I use with my clients to help turn their um, ideal future into a reality. Um, and I, I guess a, a big chunk of the work that I do around goal setting is around education, around mm-hmm 
goal setting. I don't think that we fully appreciate just how complex goal setting is. Um, and it, it, it's, it's rare that we will ever get it right first, straight off the bat. Um, because yeah. we have this tendency to become quite obsessed about um, a type of goal setting that I call output or outcome based where we need to achieve a particular thing so if we use mm -hmm. the the um, I guess the, the the new year um it's weight loss or fitness related so um my I only achieve I can only achieve my goal if I drop 10 pounds or I can only achieve my goal if I run 10 kilometers in less than 60 minutes and don't get yeah. me wrong these goals are incredible and I believe in autonomy so if that's the goal that you want then 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 by all means go for it but I like to be able to think a little bit more outside the box and focus on small things that we can do every day um values informal goals behaviors yeah. that can support us to enjoy the journey a little bit more and I guess that's that's a huge amount of the work that I do and I think it's the sort of work that if I was to talk to a client a year after we would meet those clients are usually the ones who are still in the same place in a good way they're they're still doing those small things every day that make them feel happier and more content rather than the client who worked really hard to run the marathon and then three months later they, you know they ran the marathon and they don't run anymore because they didn't connect mm -hmm. with what was truly important with them and they've forgotten how to live with, with a little bit more intent or purpose and um, so there's lots of ways that we can skin a cat i try to encourage people to focus on the process on the journey yeah no like that's lovely like i mean i i think that focusing on the process is so important because it's your mm. every day yeah um you know it's it's not just going to be that one day at the end when you you run the marathon or you yeah. you lose the the 10 pounds or whatever it is um mm -hmm. and, and do you think like there's been kind of a, a change in trend in terms of mental goals rather than the physical yeah so this is another really really important one um i'm in the business of change so i work with people to support or facilitate some sort of change process and 99 percent mm -hmm. of the time it's internal change intrinsic goals that we want to create but again as a coach, my job is often to educate people around that. We sometimes get caught up with these external goals. I need to look a certain way to feel something. I need to perform to a certain standard to feel something. Um, but and it's always a really exciting part of my job, but I, I love being able to tell people the problem isn't the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. So let's address mm -hmm. how you think about something first. Let's address your mindset um, first. Again, there's more than one ways to skin a cat, but a lot of people think that they need to change something on the outside to achieve what they want on the inside. And it's really amazing to be able to say, that's not true. Change how you think about the problem and the problem will never, ever look the same yeah and and is that a long process because i know for so many people i mean battling with your body and your mind and your mm. thoughts about yourself is is a huge huge thing um and is there like some sort of hope that it can be turned around for a, a lot of people because i know like myself i have such a love-hate relationship some days i'm like wow my body does so much for me i love it and even if i'm this size or this size it doesn't matter and then some days it's like wow I really hate everything and I want to change everything. Is yeah. it a long process to do that? And I know it could be different for anyone, but is there hope 
for each person that they can change even a little bit of their aspect around it. 100%. But what you've pointed out isn't abnormal. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with, with waking up one day and thinking that you are the most fabulous goddess in the world. And then <laughs> the next day waking up and just wanting to walk around in a potato sack. That is yeah. completely normal part of any journey towards self-appreciation or self-love it's up mm -hmm. and down it's backwards 10 steps forward 20 steps back I think that we need to normalize that and that's yeah. I guess one of the first things that I, I I try to do whenever we are in the business of change changing ourselves changing um any anything it's not a straight line at all yeah it's not even the wriggly line that we're used to seeing in memes on Facebook it's so much more complicated than that change can 100% happen but I think we need to adjust our expectations of how that happens. One of the biggest challenges that I've ever gone through personally um, and without wanting to reduce or diminish my experiences because it was very real um, for me at the time was living with a mild eating disorder. Um, I was mm -hmm. um, bulimic probably from the age of maybe 14 up until 24, 25 um but I carried around okay. such guilt and shame the entire time because I just didn't think that someone who looked like me should have an eating disorder mm -hmm. um and I never thought that I would be able to get to the position where I'm in now if you told me when I was 15 17 19 or 22 that I would put up on Instagram a photo of me carrying my baby after I just gave birth and um, my big mum tom wrinkly skin the whole shebang if you told me I would have done that I never would have believed you yeah but this was the turning point for me I've had sorry I've had so many turning points with my body <laughs> I remember I had probably just given birth 12 hours before hobbled to the bathroom pulled up my shirt to take a look at my tummy now I gave birth to an 11.5 pound boy so when wow. I yeah he was huge so <laughs> just after giving birth I looked like I was still nine months pregnant I looked like the average mummy and I remember looking at my tummy and the first thing that I thought was just I love you I love you I love you I love you mm -hmm. I love the way that you look I love what you've done for me and I never thought that I would be in that position ever wow. I never ever thought that I would have such a, a deep love and respect for this extremely pregnant look, looking tummy after I gave birth. So you asked, is it possible to change? And the answer is yes. And I've lived that change and I've experienced that change and I've observed that change with, with my clients. It's not a straight line. But again, this is a part of the process. We don't ever reach the end point change requires nurturing and maintenance and then life happens and we, we were thrown back we feel like we need to start again and then that's the beauty of self-compassion this is the intrinsic mm -hmm. goals that I do a huge amount of work with my clients in my clients come to me thinking that they need x y or z and they leave with strategies to help them improve their self-compassion because life life is life and I think 2020 was I think the lesson that we all needed that no, no matter how much we try to control or manage, no matter how much we try to set goals and, and, and do this and do that, we're going to be thrown curveballs. Like yeah. none of us ever would have thought waking up two years ago that 2020 would be the year that the world stopped. Um, so I think, yeah, change can happen. But when change is paused for some reason, 
when we can no longer take the steps forward because we're tired or because or we just need a break or because of COVID or lockdown, that's when self-compassion comes into play. Yeah. And that's an intrinsic goal. And I, I, I do have a tendency to, um, I'm, I'm not, I, I just, I look at goals to improve self-compassion and goals to get a promotion in work is the same, but it's not different mm-hmm. in my head you want to improve self-compassion brilliant let's make a plan let's make a plan to help you um and i I think i just try to make it accessible and practical and straightforward and easy it's not always straightforward practical and easy but i just i i I work at that i want to address people's mindset um and that the intrinsic goal setting supporting clients supporting myself to make those really small changes are incredible and life-changing and there'll be moments when we totally get it and then life happens we're thrown back a little bit we just get back on the horse and keep going forward because yeah in all honesty that's what other direction can we go I know and I like even kind of thinking of the process me myself I I've been in the gym for ages for ages mm. and I used to kind of do these challenges the like you know a six-week challenge mm-hmm. body kind of transformation things and they were great they were really kickstarter they would like get me into the kind of zone and everything but I always kind of thought of just those six weeks and then mm-hmm. you know that was it yeah. that was it done mm-hmm. yeah. and then I kind of went back to the gym in in September um, and I thought I'm gonna do this for a year I'm gonna mm-hmm. just keep going for a year and I'm not a expect like any big changes but just see how I enjoy it and 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 move and grow with it and enjoy that process Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's like really really speaks to just how you should enjoy the journey and not put these kind of deadlines I guess Mm -hmm. which is a lot of things for big people Um, and I I mean sometimes deadlines could be good to push you to do things but Mm -hmm. at the same time it it causes that um that stress but one thing you did speak to which I really kind of relate to about the whole self-love of your, of your body and compassion is that something mm-hmm. doesn't have to be beautiful for you to love it and appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So like I'm even thinking about myself, I mean, on Instagram now, self-love is a huge trend. And I think there's kind of a misconception of, I, I love this part of my body. I love it. It's beautiful. It doesn't have to be beautiful for you to love it and appreciate it. I mean, I'm looking at my my stretch marks and thinking, I don't like the way these look. <laughs> they, they don't look great on my leg right there. They kind of look out of place, but I appreciate it because it's shown change in me and it's shown how I've grown. I think, um, have you kind of seen these trends on Instagram? Because I know you kind of, you have a, a following on Instagram in terms of kind of self-love and everything like that. Have you seen the, the trend of, self-love pages and more people talking about it abigail i am the worst instagrammer in the world Uh, really i'm gonna gonna call a spade a spade i (laughs) i realized after i gave birth to billy that i would need to put some very very significant boundaries in place and one of those boundaries was um 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 kind of withdrawing a tiny bit from Instagram Mm -hmm. um now I use it regularly 
um, yeah. more than I would care to admit sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I tend to uh, not see a whole lot of trends and things like that at the moment, mm-hmm. um, just to protect my own mental health. It's, yeah. um, I, get, I get sucked into, um, uh, I, I tend to make a lot of social comparisons. It's my downfall. Um, and if I see too much going on on Instagram, that makes me question myself um my mind can become a really difficult place to be um so I, I withdraw a little bit I'm familiar with a huge amount and I know I know that as much as Instagram can be I've probably learned more from Instagram in terms of body positivity body neutrality and self-love than any other resource but yeah it is an incredibly toxic place as well for body positivity mm-hmm. body neutrality and self-love and um, because I think it, it, it goes both ways. The creator of the content um, is is possibly running a business. Their their job yes. is, is is possibly be to be an influencer, and they know that a photograph of them in a bikini with fake rolls or real rolls, whatever we're going to call it, will get more clicks than a photo of them in in tracksuit bottoms. Um, so I think that we need to be able to respect that position that they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think as the consumer of that material or content we have a responsibility to ourselves to understand that this could be their job and we have no idea what's going on in their mind or in their life right now but we also need to be able to deconstruct what it is that we're seeing and appreciate that this may not be the whole picture and as much as we might like this person the photo may be filtered edited um so coming back to your original point about what you mentioned about cellulite or uh, stretch marks for example that would be exactly how I feel about my mum tum I do not like the way that it looks and yes no matter what angle I'm in in the mirror I'm like (laughs) I just cannot make this look nice for my eyes like that's just one part of my tummy it is one very very small part of my tummy my tummy was the first home that my son ever had I love the absolute shit out of my tummy because (laughs) of what it's done for me and it's the journey that I took that I'm still on towards self-love or body neutrality that's just made me realize don't don't diminish or reduce your body to the way that it looks anymore Sarah because you were miserable when when you were doing that and um, you have discovered a, a type of love and appreciation and respect for your body that you've never ever had so mm-hmm. you don't like the way that certain parts of your body looks that is okay because you could list off a gazillion things that that body does for you every single day and um, one of my favorite things to do at the moment and a lot of it does revolve around my son right now we spend a lot of time together in cove during during lockdown (laughs) um billy can climb out of his cot but for some reason he'll climb out of his cot he'll open the door just a crack and he'll just stand in the frame of the door and when it's really really dark you can just about see the faint outline of this tiny little boy with his hands up just below his chin just waiting for mummy or daddy to come to him. He is just waiting for his mummy or his daddy. So when I get out of bed, I see this little shadow of my son and I go down onto my knees and he just comes into me. He just folds, melts into my arms. That is the most incredible feeling and thing in the entire world. Mm -hmm. My arms 
are the reason yeah. why my son can do this. My mm -hmm. tummy is the reason, my core, my back, my glutes, my bum is the reason why I can bend over, scoop him up into my arms. And it's the reason why he can just melt there. It's the reason yeah. why he can just fall there and feel safe. If I don't like the way that my tummy looks, that's absolutely grand. When yeah. I think about the, the big picture. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of, like I've seen a lot of trends on Instagram. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of things. I just try to reserve judgment because I know that Instagram, there's so much more to it than we know. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to it than we realize. I think yeah. that we have a responsibility as the consumer of content to not take things at face value. Um, do the influence have a responsibility? 100%. Oh yeah. My god the power that they hold within their account is absolutely incredible and terrifying a little bit <laughs> completely terrifying especially when you look at um the number of influential young girls and boys following them yes um it yeah is, it's it's scary um but uh, it's, it's just it, yeah no it is it's it is it's, it's very terrifying i know we, we could we could talk about the dangers of dangers and kind of advantages of instagram for days because for yeah. me i love it i learned i've learned so much from it yeah. but again yeah. it's all yeah. about who you follow and how you protect yourself um, but yes. but like going through i was actually going through your instagram which i kind of I have done a lot recently just to kind of to, to kind of remind myself but I, a, lo a lot of your work kind of centers around affirmations and I know you have yeah. your, your affirmation yeah. cards that you have as well can you can you explain a little bit about affirmations for those who may not know what they are and what they can do of course so an affirmation a positive affirmation or self-affirmation is a um, um an affirmation a statement a, a selection of words that targets a negative set of beliefs that we've created about our body relationships career or just some aspect of our life we all use affirmations i think for as long as we able we've been able to talk we say certain things to ourselves and we start to believe those things that we say mm -hmm. So I work with a lot of people who perceive affirmations to be a little bit airy fairy or woo woo. Um, so again, just a little bit of education around how yeah. powerful our dialogue is and, and, and that we, we have a tendency to listen to ourselves when we're talking. Um, so we realize that we've been using affirmations for a really long time. They're just affirmations that haven't been working for us. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is very slowly change the record. Now, there is a science behind um, setting affirmations, creation or setting affirmations. So we need to ensure that we're doing this in a really, really gentle and slow way. Um, we can't create an affirmation that isn't believable to us because then otherwise, otherwise it'll just make us feel really badly about ourselves. Yeah. So for example, what I mean by that is if I'm working with someone who lacks confidence, we're not going to set a, an affirmation that says I am a confident person because mm -hmm. if that person lacking confidence doesn't think that they're ever going to become confident, saying I am a confident person is just going to make them feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. But what we will do is say something like I am open to becoming a more confident person or I am growing in confidence every day. An affirmation like a goal needs to be realistic and um, we need to take ownership over it. Mm -hmm. So I can do this, I am doing this. Not, not like, I think maybe I can, I'm, I want to do this or I think maybe I'm yeah. good at this. And I think especially as women or young girls, we have a tendency to, um, 
to um, avoid self-promotion in any way or identifying with our strengths and our positive qualities in any way and I just say fudge that if there's something that you can do yeah. you can do it well let's just own it life is too blooming short and mm -hmm. um, so the affirmation is um I am a strong and confident person or I am becoming a strong and confident person depending on where your starting point is at there will be really no one size fits all. Yeah, we all might like certain affirmations, but if we want to use them as a tool to support us to create positive change, we need mm -hmm. to really believe it. It needs to take us just a little bit outside of our comfort zone, but not so far out of our comfort zone that we don't believe it anymore. Are affirmations magical? No, they're absolutely mm -hmm. not. Used in combination with a couple of other strategies, they can be awesome on their own. They can be awesome. Um, but just like anything in life, it's a skill. We need to give them yeah. time. But I just keep on telling people, you've been saying that you're not worth it, that you're not successful, that you're not this or that for a really long time. And you believe it because that's mm -hmm. why we're here having this conversation. Let's just become open to the possibility that you're actually better than you think that you are that you're more worthy than you perceive yourself to be and that you're more beautiful than you've ever seen let's just be open to that possibility and let's just use affirmations as a tool to support us to think differently about our yeah. jobs or relationships or career so I adore affirmations purely because how we talk to ourselves is just so incredibly important and affirmations just make talking to ourselves in a positive and empowering way a little bit easier especially if we have yeah. them written on post-its or stuck mm -hmm. like I, I wish that all of the listeners here could see me but I've got um my computer stuck in a windowsill and on either side of the windowsill I have three six I've got about 12 different affirmation cards so when I go Amazing. to work I see today I choose confidence over doubt gratitude over fear and joy over worry like that's a really nice way to start my day rather yeah. than oh my god <laughs> they're a really really great tool that you can put into your confidence toolkit your happiness toolkit just to support you if your inner critic is just going a bit mad that day yeah no I love that and as, as someone who who suffers from mental illness like I suffer from mm. depression and anxiety and negative self-talk is just something that comes with it you know mm -hmm. it's just something that happens with it so like affirmations even I remember like in the first lockdown and um, even going on a walk in the sun and just literally chanting to just force this into my my brain saying I am enough I am enough I am enough walking up a hill and just because sometimes you, you need a really big push to remind yourself that you are and and to, mm -hmm. to, to kind of get that into your mind but I absolutely mm -hmm. love affirmations yeah, um exactly, yeah. I think they're so so important yeah. and and I was looking at your Instagram as well and you had a few posts of the way that you actually speak to yourself so not in terms of affirmations but the actual language that you use so one of the mm -hmm. kind of examples was I can't do this versus I can do this mm -hmm. yeah. um so I wonder if you can speak to a few examples about that because I know that is so important and, and it can negative self-talk and often say I can't do this before we've even started. So a huge part of what I do is around self-compassion and the golden rule of self-compassion is if you wouldn't say it to your best friend then don't say it to yourself. So mm -hmm. if I find myself struggling in some sort of way I would often say to myself well what would you say to James or what would you say to Billy? 
and I would never say to James or Billy half the things that I say to myself. Um, so that's how I tried to turn it around. Um, the beauty of self-compassion is that it it's a skill set, absolutely. But compassion for others and compassion for ourselves can be the same thing. We can offer ourselves the same love and support and kindness that we show to others. Um, so if we're struggling with something, I think a great way to open yourself up to self-compassion is, 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 is to ask yourself, well, what would I say to a friend who is struggling with the same issue that, that I'm struggling mm -hmm. with? And if, if we can get clear around what we'd say, clear around what we'd do. So again, it's not just the words that we use. It's, it's how we it's how we behave, it's how we sit with that person. Would you give them a hug? Would you make them a cup of tea? Would you um, rub their hands? Um, would you hold their hands? Would you um, just hold this space for them to talk? Um, and that's the, I guess, the, the approach that I try to take towards myself as well. I try to not only say to myself what I would say to my best friend, but I try to be for myself what I would be for my best friend. So mm -hmm. you might find me, and I say this to my clients all of the, all of the time, but if we're, um, if I'm giving a talk, for example, and I pause for a moment um, and I rub my hands like this, um, I'm struggling in that moment with something. I've forgotten what I'm saying. I feel a little bit emotional. So I'm just giving myself a moment. Mm -hmm. Now, people have this, I, 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 um, I guess, Public speaking comes naturally to me, um, but I have a lot of tricks up my sleeve in order to, to help me. And I, I do pause um, for dramatic effect. So when I pause because I'm struggling, people don't really notice the difference. So the cue is always if I start to hold my hands, rub my hands in some way, or if I start to take a deep breath, I'm struggling in that moment. And that's what I do with my friends. Um, I just hold this space for them. I don't try to fix them. So I'm not going to try to fix myself if I'm struggling as well. I'm just going to let myself feel it. So we were just talking about <laughs> kind of affirmations and the way we speak to ourselves. Mm. But I guess in terms of goal setting, how important is that? Oh, hugely important. I think half the reason why we give up on our goals is because we think we can't do it anymore. We think that it's uh, it should yeah. be easier or um, it's it's not going as well as we had hoped. So, so we give up on it. So how we talk to ourselves is is huge and i think a lot of the time we just need to change um affirmations work i i i wholeheartedly believe that they work sometimes we just need mm -hmm. to change the language of of how we talk about affirmations or how we use affirmations um, because yeah. um how we describe certain things can create blocks in people um so instead of using affirmations i sometimes just say statements or words or self-talk instead of using uh, self-compassion yeah. sometimes i just talk about well how would you treat your friend how would you talk to your partner um so in order to get over some initial blocks that we might experience we just change how we're talking about the thing when it comes to goal setting how we talk mm -hmm. to ourselves matters of course it does because it's the reason why we often don't yeah. achieve our goals because as i've said we don't think that we can mm -hmm. we think it should be easier and um, someone else does it first or someone else does it better um but the beauty of, of goal setting as i've said is that sorry not the beauty of goal setting sometimes we just don't appreciate how complex goal setting can be but just because it mm -hmm. feels hard mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we give up on it we just tweak our yeah. approach we take a moment to reflect 
over what didn't go so well, what did go well, and, and we review, we make a couple of changes, but we keep moving forward. Something that is yeah. really important though, is that we, I, I, I genuinely believe that we need to let our feelings in. When I talk about self-compassion or positivity or goal setting, I don't, I don't say it to the detriment of our feelings. I yeah. am a huge believer in letting them in, let them in, let them in, let them in. But I am almost a bigger believer in letting them out. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this, and it was mm. such an incredibly, probably one of the most, oh, I can't even describe it. I was in a therapy session about <laughs> three or four years ago. I have big into therapy, love it. And um, yeah. About three or, four, three or four years ago, uh, something was happening in my personal life that was making me really, really angry. And every time I would go to a session, um, I would just get really angry about the thing that had happened. And my therapist at the time, I am a five foot 10 Amazonian goddess. So like I'm freaking tall, and I'm <laughs> 85 kilos. So like I'm no shrinking violet. And I say this to, to um, help, help listeners understand if I'm five foot 10 and 85 kilos, my therapist was about five feet and 40 kilos. Like she was a small woman. <laughs> and I come into my session and I'm going, Grr, ah, ooh, eh, and I'm really angry. <laughs> and she kept on deflecting my anger and trying to ask me about something else. And I kept on coming back to what was making me angry. And she kept on bringing me away from it. To when I eventually said, why aren't you letting me talk about this? I need to talk about this. And she said, Sarah, you have no problem expressing your anger. It's time that you learn how to manage it. And mm -hmm. my head exploded. My head <laughs> full on exploded. I just went, what now? Whoa. <laughs> and it was just an incredible moment for me because I have no problem letting my feelings in. I struggled trying to let them out. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. helped me to understand just how powerful it was to let them out and to manage them. And ever since then, it's a huge part of my self-compassion, self-care, self-love, personal development, self-help journey. Let the feelings in, Sarah. You've always been able to do that, but let them out. Don't dwell on them. Make a decision to move forward as best as you possibly can with the tools that you have available to you. Um, so when we're looking at goal setting, or when we're looking at self-compassion, let your feelings in. But when the time is right, let them out again so that you can move forward there's a form of self-compassion that's like a really fierce energy. And, and I, I've, I've heard it being described as a mama bear protecting her cubs when they're under attack. And that to me is, is a form of self-compassion that I can really relate with because it's a protective energy where you yeah. want to protect your goals and your future. And that means that sometimes we're going to have to stand up and fight for that. But fighting is a proactive energy it's moving mm -hmm. forward it's progressing and I can really really relate and identify with that and it makes um, a massive gif difference on my own journey that it doesn't always come easy it's not supposed to come easy and every now and again you do need to fight for these things um, mm -hmm. and it all comes down to how we talk to ourselves all of this for me everything is about how we talk to ourselves I love that. It, it, wow. I feel like I've gained so much literally just <laughs> listening from you now. So I hope, I hope you don't send us an invoice after this coaching session. No, you're, you're absolutely amazing. Um, I, wow. Just the lifetime and knowledge and 
understanding that loving yourself is a complete journey. I mean, I think we see mm-hmm. a lot of people online who are saying, oh, I love myself, self-love and, and it's great. And you often think, well, if they love themselves, they must love themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not the case. It's the yeah. journey and learning what to do in those situations when you don't yeah. feel so good and saying, yeah. okay, I don't love myself right now, but I can appreciate this and I can appreciate yeah. that and work from it yeah. is yeah. a huge yeah. thing. Um, but I really, really appreciate it. And for all my guests, I kind of ask to finish on a message of hope because I feel it's really important, especially when we're talking about things that are related to our mental health, to always finish on hope and positive and to mm-hmm. send people off in kind of a good mood or with a little bit of a a fire up them so they can take on the day but for your message of hope what would you give to someone out there who's kind of struggling or maybe struggling with goal setting and thinking god I can't do this let's keep it really simple you can do it you 100% can if you could just get out of your way for long enough to take the steps forward that you need to take you'll start to see that you can do it yeah. Sometimes just what we need is, is proof of our abilities. But when we sit in our heads and our minds for too long, we don't allow ourselves to move forward and to give ourselves that proof that we need. I have seen some people do some absolutely incredible things. I have seen people move mountains and it is it's just it's beyond inspiring what we as humans can do when we believe in ourselves the people who are moving mountains are the people who believe that they can move that mountain but they didn't just start by getting the shoulder up and pushing and pushing and pushing straight away it started with really small steps sometimes it was just moving a pebble first sometimes it was just making a decision to try but we can move mountains when we believe that we can and so just start with very very small steps one small thing that you're reasonably certain that you can achieve today do that thing and don't stop trying to accomplish that thing until it's done i remember reading a very very inspiring quote there a while ago um, but it said the only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people are that successful people stand back up every single time that they fall mm-hmm. the only reason that i'm still here 10 years later as a coach is because every time i fell down i stood back up again that's it Mm -hmm. I'm relentless I refuse to give up life is too short I love it absolutely inspiring and I definitely agree it's kind of a one brick at a time situation and like it's it's a process it's a process there's no deadline for you to make your life kind of a better situation it's an ongoing thing yeah um Sarah thank you so much I really really appreciate you coming on today and for those listening out there thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the sea change sessions we're going to have another amazing episode next week and yeah take care of yourselves you guys are enough you're important say those affirmations to yourself and we'll talk to you soon thanks guys (laughs) 